0: Ladies. All the social 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 ladies. The social ladies. put your phones up. Woo! <laughs>
1: <Opa. laughs> Here are some glasses. Okay, Jen, we should start every podcast with <laughs> a popped bottle and a glass.
2: Do you want to tell our listeners why? Of course I do.
1: We're talking to Katherine Carter and Erica Davis, who are the co-founders of The Sip,
2: which is a bi-monthly membership that sends luxury sparkling wines to your door.
1: I love the emphasis on the word luxury.
2: <laughs> I mean, all anything with bubbles makes you feel luxurious.
1: I'm so excited for this interview. You all are going to hear more about The Sip in a little bit. I have a joke about podcasts.
2: Wow, a drink and a joke. <laughs> Let's hear it.
1: I have a joke about podcasts. You can only hear it on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's funny. Do you get it? You yeah. didn't even laugh. No, there's
2: there's a trend going on right now on Twitter where it's, I have a joke about blank, but you can only blank. And a lot of them like are
1: industry specific.
2: Yes. So my friend Jake um, works in some kind of finance (laughs) and he tweeted i have a joke about accounting but i don't know whom to give credit
1: cute very cute (laughs) anyway there's a ton of these out um in the world right now so if you haven't seen them on twitter go search for them i have a joke about in the search bar (laughs) you'll find some good shit
2: Another trend going on right now is the hashtag challenge accepted women supporting women.
1: Yeah, the black and white selfies on Insta.
2: So you've probably seen your feed full of these beautiful portraits of women, which I'm all here for. Yeah, love it. Making me realize I don't have any nice (laughs) selfies. But um, I think the interesting thing is it really blew up with celebrities, right? And so I started to see all these posts in my feed and all the captions were They kind of mysterious of just yeah,
1: just alluding to the person who nominated them,
2: saying hashtag challenge accepted. And I was like, is this a secret club that Mm -hmm. I don't know about? But then I actually got nominated by one of our clients.
1: Yeah, I love this, Maria.
2: So Maria slid into my DMs last night. (laughs) I haven't responded yet. Sorry, Maria, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, and she nominated me, and so the message gave me a little more context, but basically you know she was saying post a photo in black and white written challenge accepted and mention my name identify 50 women to do the same in private i chose you because you're beautiful strong and incredible let's heart emoji each other
1: so so far over like 3 million of these selfies has been posted i think even more
2: i thought i saw six
1: is it six? I don't Did know. I read the stat wrong? Well, a lot. regardless, you've probably seen them at this point in time, and it's just interesting to consider how the advocacy for women helping other women will continue after this challenge yeah. is over.
2: Yeah, love a good hashtag challenge um, and a good reminder, like you said, to always support each other. Let's see what happens next. Yeah,
1: for sure. So there's another type of celebrity I want to draw attention to now. Okay. TikTok celebrities. Yeah. Our girl I,
2: Charlie. I still don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's
1: okay. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Charlie and her sister, <laughs> Dixie, have signed a new deal for Makeup Line. And Addison Ray also is doing a Spotify podcast with her mom.
2: Yes. All these
1: deals completely outside of the TikTok universe, which is yeah. so interesting.
2: Yeah. So the way that these TikTok stars are making money on TikTok right now is through branded partnerships. right? But unlike YouTube, TikTok doesn't pay creators based on view thresholds. Mm-hmm. So... On YouTube, if you get a million views, you get paid X amount. I don't know. I'm not a YouTube star. <laughs> it's also based
1: on ads and all of that, but yeah.
2: Yeah. But um it's interesting to see these TikTok celebrities now going elsewhere for these types of partnerships. Um, I think I made a reference to it reminding me of like NCAA mm, sports of yeah, um, yeah. like TikTok is benefiting from these creators the way that the schools and the sports teams benefit from you know, the athletes, but the athletes aren't being paid. Yeah, I know that's all changing now and there's some partnerships and now they can be in video games again.
1: (laughs) But um, But yeah, no, there are some parallels there which are interesting to think about. I I saw this thing that said Charlie was making like $40,000 per a branded piece of content. Wow. Oodles of money.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they don't need to be paid based on the (laughs) videos, but they have a lot of money. Yeah. So last thing I wanted to bring up was something really interesting that Christina on my team sent me this week. Yeah. And it was an article from Adweek. You're doing a lot of the name drops. A lot of name. Well, I got to give credit. I love it. H slash T, hat tip. (laughs) Um, But it was brands. Half of your insights became irrelevant in 2020. And the data shows that 84% of people plan to maintain the routines they adopted during COVID-19 after the crisis is over. So when you're using, you know, historical data to make points and cases of how your consumers are behaving, you have to kind of remind yourself that things are changing. (laughs) Rapidly. What, Jen, what are you going to maintain after covid's over ooh
1: do you have an idea of what i'm gonna say
2: well i was gonna say i know in the beginning of covid we started stocking the fridge with boxed wine and Mm. decided that should be a staple yeah
1: i actually really love having a full wine fridge all the time (laughs) i'm not gonna lie
2: It's fitting that, of course, we're talking about alcohol here because of our wonderful guests today. Of
1: course. Of course.
2: Are we ready to kick it off to them?
1: Let's hear from Erica and Catherine.
2: Make sure you listen till the end because they spill, no pun intended, a big secret. Hi, Erica and Catherine. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're going to jump into our social speed round, which we've never done with two people before. So let's have Erica answer first and Catherine second as we go through these rapid fire questions. Cool. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite social network?
3: Instagram.
0: Same here. Instagram. What about your go-to emoji?
3: It's the side eye smiley face.
0: Mine is the smile face where you can't tell if they're happy or panicking. (laughs) (laughs) okay how about twitter or tiktok
3: i don't have either i know don't judge
0: same here i do not have either my 11 year old niece is begging me to get on tiktok though
2: and say i'm surprised i feel like during quarantine tiktok has been such a source of entertainment (laughs) (laughs) what about stories or feed
3: I'm all about stories.
2: I think I'm more about the feed. Okay. What Instagram
0: ad can you not get rid of? Oh
3: my God. Yard Zen. I don't even own a house. (laughs) I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Mine is anything that has to do with weddings. I got married two years ago and you know, they spy on you so much. You would think they know that I'm not getting married again. I still get ads for planning your wedding. I'm like, no, it's over. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite meme?
3: Oh, it's the Jonah Hill one where he's like kind of going crazy, but not really. Oh, with the yeah, hand, yeah, I can totally yeah,
0: picture it. that one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I would say maybe the one with the little girl in the car seat making that like kind of disgusted face. Like, what are you talking about? Wow, you both have like classic meme answers. Those, it's so easy to picture. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what that is, but those
2: ones are great. Yeah, <laughs> it's 2005. And you're on MySpace. What song was playing on your profile? Oh my god! Oh my
3: god, I don't even remember MySpace. Oh my god. Um, what was the po- I? I literally have to pass. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know 2005. I would say probably like, I feel like Usher, yeah. The one with Lil Jon and Ludacris. Yeah, I think that was on there from like 2005 to 2009 or something. That song was popular forever. I feel like, Michelle, you had that song as well. Probably. That seems on brand for you as well.
1: (laughs) I also just had this realization is we should have had you answer for each other. Oh, Oh, that that would have been been funny.
0: funny that would have been
1: hilarious. Damn. <laughs> I had the thought, like, a- as we got to the last question, that would have been like a cute best friend like type like the of- newlyweds <laughs> game. <right>? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so first, we want to kick it
2: off by just hearing a little bit about the two of you and the SIP story, um, how the company came to be.
3: Yeah. So... Um... I can start like we've been friends for what's going to age us like over 15 years. And so we really we met in college and we've literally been friends ever since the day we met. And so when Catherine moved back up here, you know, we had our monthly girls nights, and we would really just figure out a nice bottle of champagne, go half on it, go to BevMo, go to Total Wines and grab it, do girl chat, watch Insecure, you know, just the usual. (laughs) <laughs> and so, yep. you know, it started off as something that we looked forward to that was relaxing, that was just like a nice tee off to like not partying, um, mm-hmm. Started just becoming like really draining. And you know, so we would try to find a brand outside of something that we already tried. And that was hard. And then once we found the brand, trying to figure out where to purchase it became even harder. And then once we found out where to purchase it, when we saw the ticket price, it was like astronomical, yeah. right? And so we really were trying to find a place to just discover champagne and affordable, right? And it was a lot of work for something you just wanted to take a sip of. We knew there was something there. I was in tech space and I knew I wanted to start my own business, but like literally was like the light bulb went off one day when we were talking about it. And my husband started talking about Louis 13 and he was like, I just want to take a sip of it. A shot of it's like $100. And mm-hmm. it was just like clicked like a light bulb.
2: I I love the girls night and Jen and I always <laughs> do, we do the same thing with a bottle of wine like you said and we want to try something new and learn about it and not just buy it like understand where it's coming from and I'm curious why that was champagne for you too.
3: I can tell my champagne story and I think Catherine has a little different one as well. Yeah. <laughs> my 23rd birthday, my mom like does the most always. And so she rented this like limo. We went to Napa cuz we we're both from Oakland, California. And so Is like an hour and a half away, and so she rented a limo. We get to Shandon, and at the time, we were not like champagne drinkers at all. I think we're like Mm -hmm. vodka, like Tito's, and tequila. (laughs) And so, we get up to Shandon, and it's like the bougiest, most elegant, like amazing thing ever. We roll up, and (laughs) it's awesome. We get inside, the vibe is cool, like it's so welcoming. And then, we start tasting the, the champagnes, and they're even better than we expected. And I think like, from there, like I was talking to my mother and like having these conversations. And for me, it was the first time that I had something as an adult that me and my mother like genuinely vibed on, you know, and that was such a cool experience to have that. And so champagne for me had had always been like, that thing when I think about my mom and like our relationship that we can have a glass of wine together. Mm -hmm. I think
0: for me like I did kind of start off with wine especially red wines. Um, I used to work as a concierge in Santa Barbara and we did wine tasting out there all the time and then really I think I got into it just drinking it with Erica. I think she started the transition from wine to champagne and then when you think about it, like red wine is great, but it makes you so sleepy. Mm-hmm. It can definitely make you a little too emotional at times. Thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> your teeth. Yes, but champagne is like, it's a little bit lighter. It's bubblier. And then once we started our girls night, that was really like, okay, now let's get out and find them. So it was just kind of a fun thing for us to do together. And I think once we got hooked on champagne, there was no looking back.
2: So tell us a little more about, um, for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with The Sip, what the service looks like and kind of what your your mission is and what you're trying to do with the company.
3: Yeah, so I can, I can start and just tell you. So it's, it's a really simple, easy and fun subscription to join. There's two ways to subscribe. You can subscribe by monthly and cancel any time or commit to a year with an annual subscription and save. Um, but more than anything, the best part is we curate six boxes a year um, we, where we send six flights of champagne, a custom gift, And then also a sip guide that gives really informative facts to allow you to understand your palate. And the best part, and I know the part that all of our sippers absolutely love is the more you sip, the more rewards you get towards a full-size bottle, which sippers can purchase directly from us on our website. Um, And we also offer gifting, a gifting section where you can send friends and Mm -hmm. families gift boxes for any special occasion as one-time purchases. And for us, the target and the key really is about like discovery and access, right? And Mm -hmm. really um, answering what we couldn't find is a way to affordably sip through high-end champagne at affordable rate and really figure out what you like and what you don't like. Because every varietal is different, you know, no brew, like a brew, Mm -hmm. no rosé as like a rosé and kind of debunk those things that people like to say, like, one, I'm not a champagne drinker. Well, if you probably drink Andres, you're probably not, no offense.
1: (laughs) Well, there's nothing worse than like opening a really expensive bottle that on the outside looks so beautiful and then taking that one sip of it and hating it.
3: Yeah. And Andre's is good for mimosas. Like, don't. <laughs> I to <gonna> say, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't drink the good stuff in mimosas, anyways. But no, that's exactly what it is. And so when you get the sip guide, right? So we kind of break down the varietals, like the acidity levels, um, whether it's a medium body, like, so those things that really matter and you start understanding, like, oh, I do like brutes. I like brutes that are actually like kavas and the kava comes from blah, blah, blah. So we like give you history and important facts, things that people don't normally understand or get to know about unless they're at a wine table.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Jen and I have a ton of business ideas. And, you know, as you've learned about us, we live together, work together, spend a lot of time together. So we always talk about what it would be like starting a business with a best friend (laughs) So I'd love to hear from you two how that journey and ride has been so far.
3: How has the journey been? I I think overall, it's been really good. I think that it's a lot of fun. And when you start a business, I think when you marry that business, you know, and you always have like a work wife or work husband. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what better than to have a work wife that's already your best friend, you know,
2: totally. So you
3: guys know each other, you've worked out the kinks in terms of your communication. We've been friends for over 10 years. We still obviously have disagreements. But I think when you know someone, you know, well, you know how to speak to them, you know your audience. I think for us, we kind of knew early on, we've done like podcasts together. Well, we did two episodes of a podcast. <laughs> but it was but it was good. It was really it good. Was good. No, <laughs> And then we did this like nail art subscription. I mean, we both and then we're both like so synced together that we both fell out of love at it. Literally at the same <laughs> time. So it just worked out. It was kind of creepy. But I I will say this one thing that I think really makes us work is that we stay in our lanes. Like mm. like we balance each other out, right? And yeah. so I'm I'm everything before it gets to a customer and she's everything from mm-hmm. the packing to after. And I think being able to own our own portions of the business also makes it easier. Like too, yeah. not too many cooks in the kitchen.
2: That makes sense. I so I loved hearing that you started a podcast. And even though, you know, two episodes, you decided to move on. But I want to talk about your Instagram live yeah. series, uh, the Thursday <laughs> Thursday, because I watched some of them. And it feels like I'm listening to a podcast, you guys just, you know, having these conversations with each other. Tell us about this series you're doing on Instagram um, and some of the topics you're discussing? Yeah, it
0: kind of came out of, you know, finding new ways with everything going on to connect with our audience, um, give them access to us, you know, share the experience, really take what started this, our girls night Mm -hmm. and put it on a social platform And so, you know, we start off each week, definitely with the topic, with the drink in mind. And then we kind of see where the night takes us from there. (laughs) So that's always the fun part. So we definitely like plan out our topic. We plan out our drinks. It's usually around champagne and then our experience of champagne, because again, like with the SIP, we're about discovery and education, but we also want to create like really fun experiences, whether mm-hmm. you're sitting with one of your girlfriends or you're at home or you're listening to us on the Thirsty Thursdays. We just want it to be like a fun time. So we usually end with a drinking game. And it's really fun because people get to comment. It gets really interactive. And that's usually what will take us like off topic, you know, people's comments, people's feedback, and then it becomes a whole other discussion or debate around something else. But it's a great time to reach out to our customers, find out what they like, what they don't like, get them excited about what we're excited about. I'm glad you said the word
2: experience because Catherine, I read kind of the idea around loving champagne, not just for the taste, but for the experience. Um, we have a rule in our house. We always keep a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator because you never know when you're going to need to celebrate. I
0: love that rule. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I love that you're bringing that experience um, to social media as well. And I'd love to hear if you guys like what else you're doing to kind of bring that
3: experience to your customers, whether that's on social or um, packaging, you name it. Yeah, I think for us, like it like Catherine said, and I always go back to it because it's it's really fundamental and foundational is. We started this, and it's all inspired by our girls' night, like a fun, celebratory thing. You know, we believe that, like, every day is a day to celebrate, which is why I can't keep champagne in my house. Um, (laughs) We're always drinking. But for us, it's from beginning to end. Everything you get from us online to offline should feel like a celebration. So when it comes to our boxes and our curations, like, those six boxes we send out a year have been really thought about from beginning to end, from the Mm -hmm. wines that you sip, from the sip guide that you get, to the special gift to top it off. And so we hope that when you open up that box, you just like immediately feel joy, right? Right, And it's always a celebration when you get the box. When it comes in terms of like our communication or our website, like our website should feel like joy just shouting out at you from the website. Like it's all pink and, you know, (laughs) And gold and glitz. And so that's kind of what we want to give off. So I think like we think about a celebration moment, but celebrating life from every Mm -hmm. aspect.
1: That's so fun. Do you guys get a lot of unboxing UGC content? I'm curious as to how your customers are kind of sharing, you know, when they receive these exciting boxes.
3: Yeah, user generated content is like huge for us, especially on social So like immediately when sippers get their boxes, they're sharing on their stories. They're tagging Mm -hmm. us in their post. Love it. Um, It's almost immediate. Like, cause we can see when the product lands or gets in their hands. Cause Catherine's got that down and like tracking, (laughs) And so almost immediately when the first box comes, we know we're going to get like instantly something on social media. The first time someone did it, we were like, oh my God, did you see that? Did you see that? And now it happens Mm -hmm. so often, but we're still like, oh my God, did you see that? So
1: (laughs) well, it's like the first time you get to see your baby out in the wild. Maybe baby isn't the right (laughs) example, but (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like it's such an exciting point in time to see the customer interact with something. And because social is such that platform, getting that first notification when you know the box is in their hands is probably like the most exciting feeling in the world. Would you, could all three of us start talking?
0: (laughs) I was just going to say, it definitely is. And then it goes back to that whole thing of like creating experience and creating a community Uh because we get excited and we feel connected to our customers because Uh we're seeing how much they're enjoying the box. And then when we get, when we repost it, they get excited because they know that we're watching, that we're excited for them. And now we're putting them up on our platform. So it just kind of keeps that whole cycle going. And then like now when we're shipping the boxes, like I can put faces mm-hmm. to boxes or I can remember the stories. And so there's like an extra connection there when that I happens. I love
2: hearing about that. When I, We've like spoken to some women too whose their brands, like, they're, like we've formed relationships with people in the DMs like over the right. years that they consistently follow up and they're like friends. Mm-hmm. Now.
3: That's why the SIP has been as successful as it has because like, We make sure that when someone posts, we share that love back. We make sure we talk to people in the comments and we connect because I hate it feeling ignored by brands. And I think we all did. And so we try to make sure that like we build that connection in the fabric of the SIP.
1: I love that the handle in itself on Instagram is the SIP Society. It like feels like an exclusive club (laughs) just by like a naming convention, you know? And I feel like just by following it, I'm a part of that, even if I haven't even subscribed yet.
3: And that's what we want you to feel. So that's good. We're doing a good job.
2: I want to back up a little bit and talk about the industry as a whole. Um, So we actually we had an idea once about wine (laughs) barrels and I like pitched it to someone and and he said, you know, you're going to have a really hard time because the wine industry is very exclusive and tight knit. What has your experience been as women and Black women in this industry that is male-dominated and has so much like historic roots and history?
0: Um, I just want
2: to hear about your experience in the industry
0: overall. Um, I think overall for us, um, the way we've kind of set up the business model and where we are in the industry we really are at a place where we're not kind of having to ask for a seat at the table. We've kind of built our own table in our own community, kind of like we talked about with the Sip Society, making sipping affordable. Um, you definitely do notice, especially because, you know, I deal with a lot of the distributors and the vendors. I don't think I've dealt with a female yet. Wow. <laughs> it's, Other than Erica. Absurd. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, it's really about like not letting that be a deterrent, just still going out there, making our own way, making our own name for ourselves. And we did it. We found a way to do it in the lane where we don't have to go and ask for permission really to do anything. We can kind of just like step in and do it ourselves. Yeah, that's amazing.
2: I mean, yeah, I saw that 65% of You know, the consumers are women, but 70% of distributors are men. Mm -hmm. And I love that you all have paved that new road and said, you know, we're going to do it differently. Yeah.
3: Well, it was a lane that needed to kind of be there. Like when we talked about it and I actually wrote a blog about it because one of our investors actually asked me like why we built this brand geared towards women. And for me, my background personally has always been a narration in terms of merchandising and assortment, right? I've always been telling stories. Mm-hmm. And when you think about merchandising or what, what I've learned is that ultimately it doesn't matter what the product is. The woman is the buyer. And so you always think about the woman, right? And if you think yep. about that in perspective, and then some of the companies that I worked with, all the execs were always white men. It's insane because the most of the consumers are women. And so for us, right. It just felt natural to build a brand in our image. And I think yep. if you think about what, like champagne even specifically, right? 65 of uh, the consumers are women, right? And even part of that 25 or 35 that men do buy, they're buying it for their wives or their girlfriends or whoever, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's a big, even a bigger portion of that. You can even say 80% of the people actually who consume it are women.
2: Uh-huh. I I read that blog post that you wrote. and. I loved hearing about the history of champagne, like rooted in strong women. Mm
3: -hmm. Can you tell us
2: a little bit more about that and how it kind of inspired your brand as well?
3: For sure. Like when we started drinking champagne, we definitely didn't know the history, right? And so as we started getting into wanting to do a business for us, I think with Catherine and I, like, we wanted to make sure the business represented who we were, our friendship, you know, and all those things. And as we started mm-hmm. looking into it, we started looking into the fu- the fundamentals of it. And you hear about Dom Perrion first, right? That's one of the first high-end mm-hmm. brands you hear mm-hmm. about. And they give him all the credit. And as we started researching, what we saw were all these awesome women like Madame Clico and Madame Pomery, who like literally pretty much set the like paved the way to the success of champagne in itself, not just us, but just champagne in itself. Like with mm-hmm. Madame Rico creating the actual way in which people, the riddling effect, like how champagne is actually uh-huh. created with Pomery literally setting the tone for what fruit, right. Which is 73% of all champagne shipped here. Um, so it's just interesting. And Catherine knows a lot about it, too. Like, I'm, I'm sure she has like nuggets she wants to talk about. But I think for us, like, <laughs> it's all about like empowerment. And we wanted to empower ourselves. And it was really great to see that. The industry that we chose to be in without even knowing was was really started by women.
0: And I think that's also one of the reasons it's important for us to like kind of be the face of our brand, because, again, those are women who did some great innovative things who didn't get any kind of credit, really. And the only reason they were even able to own those businesses is because they were widows. And so they took over their husband's businesses and both of them took over pretty much failing businesses, Mm -hmm. took some really big risk and like made them the great champagne houses they are. And so now that we're in a time where we can actually start a business on our own and be the face of it, get credit for it and inspire other women to do it and hopefully kind of change the face of champagne as far as who feels comfortable getting into this space. You know, that's a really big deal. Well,
2: and I think you guys have done an incredible job crafting that story and getting it out there. I mean, we've been talking about a lot lately, just wanting to purchase from brands that we care about, that we know Mm. the story behind, that we can feel good about supporting. And even just from our, you know, research prior to this call and learning more about the SIP, like I was sold immediately. (laughs) And hearing you talk about it too, I'm like, yes, you too are the future names that people are going to be talking about. So I love
1: it.
0: Oh, thank, thank you. you.
1: What is next for the SIP? What is new, fun, upcoming on the horizon that we should know about?
3: Hmm. Catherine always tells <laughs> A me loaded question. No, I think it's good. Um, I love giving. <laughs> I think for us, um, when we think about the SIP in general, like our mission is not just about champagnes. Our mission is really to be the go-to or just to. A way for people to discover celebrations every day. And we think about that in more than just champagne. And so we've got a lot of brand extensions to come. Fun. That I think people will be really excited about. Um, one it's not coming until the beginning of next year, but um, we will start introducing cocktails into oh. this. So you guys got the first exclusive
2: champagne-based
1: cocktails, I assume, or yes
2: love
3: it yes what also mm-hmm.
1: nice that's so exciting i'm i'm in i'm hooked i'm sold jen smiling <laughs> <laughs> great well ladies thank you so much for joining us we really
3: appreciate the time thanks for having yeah. thank you i still am obsessed that you guys start with the beyonce song oh, yes your version Well, we start our id lives with a different beyonce song like every time oh
2: nice yes perfect then we're all aligned
1: (laughs) I've always wanted to be a podcast that said they had exclusive secrets (laughs) to share well now we are I know
2: the big takeaway for me Mm -hmm. was I think it's so easy for interviewers like us to kind of ask the question of you know what's it like to be women in a male-dominated industry and I love that they came back with, well, we didn't join them, we beat them, basically, like, made our own yeah. path, and yeah. I think, I mean, I'm excited to subscribe.
1: Oh, yeah, for because sure.
2: Because I, I mean, we talk about this all the time, so we we have wine books, and we did a, like, wink for a little bit to try to learn what we like, Yeah, and champagne and sparkling wine like i have no idea what i like i know i like it dry yeah yeah but other than that so i think what they're doing with the education and discovery is awesome
1: the accessibility is also great like look at their instagram lives for example it's like they're just chatting and sharing this thought leadership that they have every week over a glass of wine like they would normally
2: and a drinking game
1: and well yes of course
2: well should we should we play one
1: (laughs) We okay. So I didn't even finish my thought. <laughs> well, I got excited because go ahead. Let's play the drinking game.
2: Catherine and Erica said that they, you know, they start all of their Thirsty Thursday chats with a Beyonce song, and we start our podcast with a Beyonce song.
1: Air quotes Beyonce, but yeah, yeah.
2: And they end all their Thirsty Thursdays with a drinking game, mm-hmm. so maybe we should do the same. Do you
1: have one in mind?
2: Let's do Never Have I Ever social media edition. Okay. Never have I ever gone live on facebook personally
1: Mm, i've never done that either never have i ever slid into a celebrity's dms
2: okay i'm putting a finger down for that (laughs) one let's do three fingers okay okay never have i ever
1: had a vine account oh shit i loved vine never have i ever changed my twitter handle since i created it okay so
2: i didn't change mine but i got i started over Mm, okay after high school I mean I'll put a finger down yeah I think I have counts. one left to recap Jen has two fingers up I have one finger Okay. Out. never have I ever accidentally posted my personal content on a brand Ooh, account that's a good one I've never done
1: that no one allows me to do the posting <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever commented or upvoted or downvoted something on reddit all
2: right I'm out
1: wow that was easy <laughs> all
2: right let's move into the account we want you to follow this week Jen, you feel passionately about it <laughs> I this. do.
1: This is a little different than the accounts we normally share. I'm not going to lie. So I am really into sports Twitter. Like, I'd like to think of myself as a sports fan. I love all sports, but I majority of the time would prefer to watch hockey or baseball. Recently really gotten into the NBA. I made it a goal for 2020 to learn more about basketball. And I've been following the bubble heavily. She
2: gets to tell me one piece of bubble content each day. It's
1: so exciting, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. So now there is a new Seattle hockey team. They're called the Seattle Kraken. Basically took over. It felt like they took over sports Twitter with their announcement. They have the coolest branding. The Space Needle is built into their Anchor logo. It's pretty badass. But they've been doing really great stuff on Twitter pretty actively. Um, This morning they posted a tweet that was like, what's Kraken? (laughs) and I just kind of I love the playfulness that these accounts can have I mean the conversations on sports Twitter are endless like there's always something to comment on
2: I mean sports Twitter has always been a place of like they let the social media managers go wild
1: which is perfect so I love to see this account transform now that they have a team name and they're going to start playing in 2021 give them a follow so you can follow along on the excitement and talk to me about it
2: sweet that's a wrap you want to cheers one more
1: time sure all the
0: social ladies all the 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 social ladies now put your phones up